All right, all right, everybody. This welcome to the post game show of the Third Banner Pod. Following tonight's uh, disastrous performance in the exhibition game against Kentucky Wesleyan by our Louisville Cardinals men's basketball team, for the second year in a row, Kenny Payne's squad has dropped a basketball game exhibition to a Division II opponent. Tonight, a three-point loss to Kentucky Wesleyan. Um, no way to put it other than this is a disastrous result and one that definitely Kenny could not afford to have happen uh, starting year number two after only winning four games last year. So no real pleasant way to spin that other than it was a disastrous performance and one that the team really could not afford uh, to have happen uh, with the client, with the fan base having the climate that it is currently. So Ty, what'd you think? Um, that was probably one of the most pathetic basketball games I think I've ever watched Louisville play, um, regardless of opponent, regardless of um, level competition, exhibition, regular season game, anything. That was just pathetic all around. Um, it was one of the worst games I think I've ever watched personally. Um, just the defensive effort was not enough. The rebounding was atrocious. The offense was even worse somehow. Um, I don't even know how it could be worse, but it was. Um, to be out-rebounded like that and just no hustle, it seems like, to get beat on back doors over and over again. Kentucky Wesleyan went back door on us all night long whenever they wanted it. And, um, yeah, th- there's really no other way to put it. That was one of the most atrocious games I've ever watched. And like you said, Ash, for Kenny Payne coming into this year, already on the hot seat, um, you know, I know some people will disagree with that. I'm sorry. He he is after what happened last year. We don't want to bring that up all that much. But to be on the hot seat and come out and have a performance like that is inexcusable. It's unacceptable. It cannot happen. And uh, sadly, it did. So I, we'll talk about it more. We'll get in there. We'll let people get in the in the chat, um, open it up. But that was just absolutely atrocious. Kyle, what'd you think? Glad you could join us, bud. Yeah. So I guess my question is: At what point is enough enough for like the collective program? I think you know. I know that there's people that think that, you know, me in particular now, you you got to think, I, I was a big active user on the message boards, in the Discord. I've always been skeptical of this hire, but I have tried to get on board because he is our coach. But every time I try, like I tried to get on board once I knew he was going to be the guy, which was well before he was hired. And I didn't understand why it was him, why it had to be him, why. And I didn't understand why we put such an outrageous buyout on him and handcuffed ourselves when we were competing against nobody. There was no, there was no high demand for this. There was nobody we were competing against. I had all these concerns. Then we go to the press conference, his introductory press conference, and it was great. I felt like he said all the right things. I got on board, but it was within a week of him being the head coach that things did
did not add up. And I made the comment then. The first offseason he had reminded me of Steve Cragthorpe's first offseason. And when people brought up red flags in, they were told there was no issue. They, you know, the same reaction from the honeymoon crowd. And then Steve Cragthorpe ended up being what he was. And people thought it was crazy that I was even thinking that was a possibility that he could be that bad. And I mean no disrespect when I say that bad. I'm talking wins and losses. I'm talking recruiting. And then, you know, I try to get on board this offseason. Say, okay, he's got his own roster. I still, I still didn't like some of the things. I don't like the roster construction. And I didn't like how he handled a lot of things in the offseason. But I tried. I freaking tried to get on board. I hear what what the what the proponents of Kenny Payne who think he's going to work out here, who think he's going to succeed here. I hear what you guys are saying. I need results. I need them. I'm not one that beat 4 and 28 into the ground this offseason. This pod, even though we've had some skeptical people, we're not ones that beat 4 and 28 into the ground this offseason. But we didn't forget it. You know, it's not something we forgot. So, like me, for example, I try to come into this with an open mind. But what I saw tonight, what I saw tonight, it was like nothing's changed. We've got a new roster. And I'm I'm, I'm not even going to say, like, Kentucky Wesleyan, I saw nothing out there that inspired me to think that, you know, maybe they are well coached, no disrespect, maybe that they are uh, – overly athletic for their level. No, I saw them do nothing out there that impressed me and they beat us and they stayed ahead of us the, almost the entire game. I saw Trey white get blocked by a guy who was my height and my build as he went for a layup. We got, I mean, I'm not even kidding. I saw, and I mean, I'm sure the guy, the guy's a lot more athletic than me and better at basketball. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying he shouldn't have been able to stop Trey white. That's my only point. I, I, I see the amount of turnovers against Ben Simmons College. I see this game, and we get out-rebounded, especially on the offensive glass the way we did. And we we have the athletic – like, we are so superior to them athletically. That, that alone should have made up the difference, at the very least, in the rebounding margin and at least made it even. And that at that point, it just becomes an effort and a fundamental game of boxing out at which point we should have blown them to smithereens. Instead, we get creamed on the glass, which was the difference in the game. That was the biggest difference, the offensive rebounding. And I just – look, I think a lot of people have – there are some haters out there. There are haters who get on Twitter all day, every day. They never wanted Kenny to do good. They look for every little negative thing. But then there are people who are like, hey, this roster construction doesn't add up. We don't have enough guard play. The effort doesn't make sense. The lack of fan engagement isn't adding up. And there's like a concoction of ingredients that make this thing look like a complete soup sandwich. And we continue to justify it. And at some point, you got to look at the results of the wins and the losses and say, okay, you know, maybe these people aren't just being haters. Yeah, I didn't play basketball. I didn't play college basketball. I don't have to. I don't have to be a mechanic to see when a car's broken down to know there's something wrong with the car. I may not be able to go get it fixed. I may not know the part I need to order right off the bat, but I know the damn thing doesn't work. <laughs> We've been watching basketball our whole lives. Denny Crum, Rick Patino, 
two Hall of Fame coaches back-to-back. We know what good basketball looks like. I don't have to be a professional or a a great college. I don't have to be a college basketball player at all. I can be a college badminton champion. I can can win the sewing competition against all the old grandmas at at the nursing facility I work at. It doesn't matter. I know what it looks like to have a well-coached team. I know what that looks like. Here's the thing. Here's the thing is like, I get mad when people say stuff like that too, because like even, you know, taking another step, there's been plenty of good coaches that didn't play college basketball. So if you're going to take it to that point, then why would you say, why couldn't you say that, you know, you would have to play to be able to coach? I mean, it's just another step. I mean, you can actually, if you sit there and analyze something and there's a ton of, for instance, Major League Baseball right now is run by people who never played baseball, not even at high school level. Major League Baseball is totally run by analytics departments uh, of, you know, a war room of guys just sitting there breaking the game down analytically. And none of those guys ever played the game. So, like, you don't have to have played to be able to understand what bad plays are yes. and what good plays are and what is effective and what's not. I mean, the, here's the thing. We didn't box I out. I don't have to be a player to know we didn't right. box out. And I know you put your backside into them. As soon as the shot goes up, you find a guy, you put your ass into him, and you box out. I couldn't do it. That doesn't mean that I can't look at a college basketball transfer who was a four or five star and know he should know how to do it. Sorry to interrupt, Ash. Go ahead. No, I mean, it, it's fine. And uh, the other thing I was going to talk about is, you know, I've been as positive as anybody on this pod. And I still think that our team is better than it was last year. But you kind of asked about what that tipping point is. Losing tonight dumps a lot. If you have a bucket full of water coming into this season, if you want to equate his you know, hot hot seat warmth and coolness to a bucket of water. You dumped half the damn bucket out tonight. Losing an exhibition game to a D, D2 school loses you a lot of goodwill with fans, especially those like me who are already being ridiculed by other people uh, for being on board. So it's like Lucy with the football almost is the way it feels. And these these first few games that are coming up, that uh, if you lose those and then say you go into go in and get be- beat by Texas by like say you know embarrassing perf- say we get beat by like 50 or something by Texas and you lose the other ex or not exhibition games but other non-conference games out of those it might be time right then if you get embarrassed in all those what is there three games i think there's three I'm- games before you know text. what, Three Shades, you beat me too. Because I was going to address this before I saw somebody say it because I knew it was coming. Patino at St. John's lost a D school. Bad coach, right? No, he's a multiple national championship, multiple Final Fours. Maybe Rick Patino is washed up. He shouldn't have lost that game. I wouldn't excuse it. I'd be mad if he was our coach and lost it. But guess what? He gets something called grace because <laughs> he's had a whole lot of times to prove himself and he's inherited – it was the first game as a St. John's coach, and he had three starters out. Those aren't excuses. He should have won. But I'm just saying that's not the same cut-and-dry situation, and he's not going in the second year, and he has history backing him. It could very well be time for, for Rick Patino to retire. We'll see after this year. Um, but <laughs> – 
it's I have a lot of confidence in a guy who 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 led us to the promised land. Who it's just, it's not easy com, coming from where we came from to get to where we got, and especially with the lack of Adidas help whenever the shoe companies were driving recruiting and we were still landing dudes. Rick Pitino had to face a lot, and he did great here. Yeah, they shouldn't have lost yesterday, but him losing his first exhibition game at, at St. John's is not the same as Kenny Payne losing this. No, it's in not year comparable. Two. It's, it's not, not comparable. comparable. Ask yourself this, whereas Trisha, anybody else, ask yourself this. Is Kenny Payne the guy that's going to lead us to multiple Final Fours and national championships? And if the answer is no, he's not the guy. That's where we're at. I'm tired of waiting. I'm not saying this year we're going to make a Final Four national championship, but we should at least make the tournament. Like, are we going to lower the standards of the program now? Because of what? Because of some black cloud that the other schools had over their head too that they didn't have to – they haven't had nearly the struggles we have. Yeah, we had another scandal before that. We rebounded from that. We ended up becoming the number one program overall ranked at one point. And then COVID shut us down. Now, I think we were heading the right direction when that happened. But my point is we weren't this desolate program in despair that people want to convince us that we were. We aren't what we were. It does take a little bit of time. But where we're heading is the opposite direction. It's opposite. And now it's no longer a problem. And here we are still losing exhibition games. And you're here to tell me that, you know, what are we doing? Are we going to lower the standard? Because if your answer is that Kenny Payne isn't the guy to lead us to multiple Final Fours and a national championship, if you don't think he can do it, he's not the guy. I didn't think Chris Mack was the guy either because I didn't think he was the guy that could do it after a couple of years. So what are we doing? What is the long-term plan here, and how long is this going to take? And it if it's is any more than a year, he's got to go. It's time to separate the hope and like the good feelings we have with having Kenny as the coach and him being a Louisville legend. It's time to separate the hope from what you're actually seeing. It's time to stop defending this. There's no excusing what we just saw tonight. There's no defending it, and it's time to stop. It has to stop. Um, what we saw tonight was absolutely pathetic. Pathetic. It was atrocious. There's no there's no other word to really describe it. And um, I, I couldn't agree more, Kyle. Like, if, if you really sit back and think and ask yourself, do you think Kenny Payne is going to lead Louisville to national championships and Final Fours? And if your answer is no, it's time to move on. And and I, I, I couldn't agree more. At this point, Kenny has to earn the right to be the coach next year. Well, he and then going to. back to what I was talking about before, we have three games coming up before we go into the Empire Classic. We play UMBC on November the 6th. November the 10th, we play Chattanooga. And November the 15th, we play Coppin State. Those will be embarrassing losses. You drop those three games – and then get embarrassed by Texas and then say Indiana or Yukon and you're looking at 0 and 5 November 21st in my and I am on record on this pod saying that I believe this team is a tournament team but and I'm just saying if we start out 0 and 5 November 21st is the day that he needs to be gone that's 
Well, I don't think and that, I, I still think this team's better than it was last year. And there are pieces of the team that I'm still encouraged by. But there's it's very alarming when you have a guy like JJ Trainer, who's a senior that got absolutely lost on defense, guarding nobody at least five times in that game. That's embarrassing. Trey White got beat back over him. all night long, and he might be the best athlete on the team. And he's and how many offensive rebounds did Trey give up? Yeah. Well, I have the stats right here, just so we're on the same record, uh, just we're on the same page. Kentucky Wesleyan out rebounded us. They they had forty seven. We had thirty three. It's it was six, it wasn't even close. They should even out rebound us by one. Sixteen offensive rebounds to our five. Defensive rebounds, they out rebound us thirty one to twenty eight. That is that's that's inexcusable. It cannot happen. It just can't. I just. I... At some point, like I just, I don't know anymore. Like I, I don't know what we're defending, and you know, I look back at that buyout. I don't know. We all kind of see where this is probably heading. I mean, yeah, it's possible we could have a dramatic turnaround. It's possible we could all have to eat our words. But I mean, my God, there's just no light at the end of the tunnel right now that I see. I didn't see any improvement out there. I saw different players making the same mistakes. And so, what does that tell you? Because last year we were told it was all the players. It's just the players. That's all it was. You know, the people that were saying you need to give this more time, you're not being fair. We just had bad, toxic players that had mental health problems. Don't tell me how many times I heard that our players last year had mental health problems. People that are connected, supposedly, to the staff were talking about how the players were just a problem. Well, look, man, I mean, yeah, the season's not over. The season hasn't technically started. The most positive thing I can take away from tonight is that this technically doesn't count, and thank God for that. But beyond that, we haven't seen anything. We haven't seen anything different. It's different players doing the same thing. In the first game against, I mean, a woefully under, you know, a woefully bad team as far as, like, level of competition goes, no offense to Simmons, we had 22 or 23 turnovers in that game. And tonight we found a different way to struggle against a team that was better than them, but not a good team. I mean, I'm sorry, but when when I watched Kentucky Wesleyan out there, I didn't see anything that impressed me at all. And the fact that they could stay barely in the lead the whole game, it's just, it's just kind of crazy, man. Like, what are we doing here? And then I look at this. I don't know, man. That buyout is – I just – I can't get over it. I can't get over – a high buyout where we competed against ourselves. <laughs> like, what, what are we doing? I, we're going to we're gonna have to pay him $8 million to, to go away. <laughs> and for what reason? I don't know. Cause like you said, we're not competing against anybody. He was nobody. just an assistant for the Knicks. And you know, he wasn't in contention to get another college job. It was us or stay with the Knicks. Um, and then you know, on top of that, you're gonna have to pay a buyout for another coach that you wanna that you wanna hire. So I I don't know. The state of this program is just abysmal right now. Um fan morale, I, I feel like is just at an all-time low. I, I personally I I'm just kind of counting down the days and I, I hate to be that guy i really do i've tried to remain as positive as i can i've tried to be as neutral as i can be um 
And, you know, it's not just like tonight was the reason why this has been going this way for a while. But Right. That's And that's another thing, the Rick Patino thing. If this was like the one, the okay, we, we had an outlier and we lost this exhibition, we wouldn't be happy. It wouldn't be acceptable. But we wouldn't be talking the way we're talking right now. This is just a continued theme. This is just last year carrying into this year. And so, like, yeah, it's <laughs> at some point everybody's got their limit where they're like, all right, Screw this. Mm-hmm. You know, it's going to take a whole lot to get people back on board that have been skeptical. It's he gonna has more- to, he's going to have to earn it. He has to earn it. Like there's no more, there's no more for some people maybe, but it's a very small fraction of the fan base. There is no more goodwill. There's none. You have to now earn it on the court. And tonight was a, was definitely not a step in that right direction. It just wasn't. And with the schedule, you know, I know we have a few teams kind of scattered in there that you think we should beat, but, you know, I thought we should beat Kentucky Wesleyan. So I can't say that they're wins because we just lost to a Division II team. Um, <laughs> I just, I don't know. And like you talk about the schedule coming up, UMBC, I know it was a few years ago, but we're talking about a team that, beat Virginia in the national championship or the, the, the national, the, the tournament, sorry. And then, you know, Chattanooga's made the tournament as of recent years. So these aren't, they're, they're good lower division programs. And then you have uh, Texas and, and, you know, UConn or Indiana, like it's, that's a rough start. If you, if you don't start off well, it's a rough start. Well, and so he played how many, it was, did he only play the one exhibition game last year against Lenore? No, we it? played, um, no, we played that Sha- one. At- Chaminade. Chaminade. So we are in four exhibition games. We are two and two. And the Chaminade win was like a barn burner. They, yeah, they struggled for that one. So yeah. we are, we're damn near one and four or one and three. I'm sorry. We're damn near one and three. And we're two and two in exhibitions. I mean, my God, we're talking about going 500 as an improvement and then should he keep his job or not, but he's 500 in exhibition games. And I'm not trying to be like disrespectful. That's the truth. And so I'm just looking, it's I'm not like, disrespectful when you're giving facts. I mean, well, that's what I'm, just, I'm just clarifying. Like I'm not even trying to talk. I'm just a frustrated fan and I'm not frustrated. Like I'm not, it's just like, you know, there's a difference between having a struggling year and off year and just been downright pitiful. I mean, we're the laughing stock. We are the laughing stock of the of the country right now, and that's not where Louisville basketball should ever be. In a down year, it should be like at the very worst what UK went through like two or three years ago. But even that shouldn't happen. But like where we're at now is just it's unprecedented. It's almost like it's almost like we don't have any history to ourselves at all. Like we're 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 we are in a category right now that's just like you know you look at you look at teams that. I mean, Boston College and Georgia Tech should never be better than us. And we're below – like, pick the finish 15th out of 16th. And, I mean, I don't know. You know, you can pile on. I'm trying not to. I'm just speaking out of frustration here, man. Russell Clark could have switched up the defense. We had too many transition opportunities where we blew it with spacing. You're right. And and but here's my thing that we have to even talk about these kind of things after an exhibition. At the very least, we should be able to say, well, we won by 40, so we can't take a lot away from it. But 
We saw what our players are capable of. We saw some athletes. No, we're out here talking strategy. You got Kenny Payne having to call timeouts between free throws to ice the Kentucky Wesleyan free throw shooter. That's how bad it got tonight. It was never supposed to get here. No, not at all. And here's the thing, like, and I, I keep bringing this up. This podcast has been very, very balanced. Um, you've had myself and Ross who have been very uh, on the optimistic side of things with this team and moving forward. But we're allowed to talk about the negative. And even though those of us who are positive still are, are going to point out things that are bad. And Losing an exhibition game to a D2 team is about as catastrophic of a start to a season as you can get. This is not acceptable. It wasn't acceptable whenever Patino would have his scares against Bellarmine. Or, we got just as mad at those games as we are right now. The mm-hmm. problem is Patino had years and years of goodwill built up among the fan base to where he got a pass. Yes. That's why you he don't get a pass. freaking pass when you win four games your first season. You go into this year, everybody's mad. You got a handful uh, percentage of people who are still optimistic, getting putting up with a lot of BS from the other fans, and then you lay an egg against the first legitimate basketball team. Simmons is not a legitimate basketball team. Kentucky Wesleyan, I say they're a legitimate basketball team because it's an actual D2 team with scholarships. I mean, it's a it's a college basketball team. They're not going to go up against it. They, they wouldn't even go 500 in D1. But still, it's a legitimate basketball oh, team. No. And you lose that game. <laughs> not close. No. It's a legitimate basketball team, meaning they're, they're a scholarship. Right. I'm just saying, like, right. I'm just saying it would not come close to 500. Right, the 500. Right, like, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. I don't care what – put them in a weakest conference. We're agreeing with you there. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. it wouldn't – Put them in a weakest this conference. Is they're going to win like it's 10 games maybe. I mean, you're talking about number – you know, somewhere five, six, seven pro historical program in the history of college basketball. And there's we're just, trying to find ways to defend the coach. Like, come there's on, no ju- no. there's just no juice in this program, man. There's no juice. I mean, I don't care how big of a you got to have juice. You got to have momentum. And I mean, you got to at least get the wheels turning to create some friction to get the create some turbulence. I mean, to get the momentum started. And we're just sitting there with the e brake on. We're sitting Kyle's there with the been, damn e brake on up a hill. Kyle's wondering why we're not moving. Kyle, you've been one of the biggest uh, critical uh, people. Com- uh, you've been one of the most Skeptics. critical people as far as the like substitution patterns and that kind of thing. Who was one of the guys last against Simmons that we praised the most? Curtis Williams. He played bad in the minutes that he played tonight. He played 14 minutes. He wasn't really ever in foul troubles. Why do you only play 14 minutes? I mean, I didn't see him doing too much out there, but no, I didn't see any of them doing too much. Can we talk about something else? You know, all offseason we were told that Karan Davis was killing it in practice and, and, and doing so well. He didn't even touch the floor tonight. Now, I, that could be for some reason that we don't know. And I have we haven't watched the Kenny Payne presser. Uh, just so everyone knows who's tuning in now, we, I, I yeah, see that, 40. That up. About 42 of you guys are in here now. So we're we're definitely going to, at some point, we're going to watch the Kenny Payne presser. Uh, we're going to find a way to get through that. Um, 
we might have some guests come on uh kind of working that out right now we'll see how that goes but um I'm, I'm curious to see if that's touched in the presser i don't know if it was i don't know if Karan had a maybe an injury but he didn't even touch the floor tonight um the substitution patterns is just uh, it's confusing to say the least um I saw, I think we came out in the second half. We had Dennis and Huntley Hatfield on at the same time. And I'm pretty sure they got out rebounded the entire time they were that, on the floor. That, that's How a crazy thing. How do those two guys together out there at the very least? I don't even like the lineup. I feel like they're clogging the lane. They are. But, but if you're going to clog the lane, at least get the damn rebound. <laughs> and where would the score, what, what, what would this score look like? If we didn't shoot 82% from the free throw line tonight, 82% from the oh, free we, throw that's line the thing. is pretty we, they shot They shot pretty bad. I don't know what they shot, but I saw them miss a lot of free throws. Kentucky Wesleyan, that is. They went 20 of 26. So, Oh, really? That's a, 77%. Oh, they did? Okay, yeah. well, then I'm mistaken. I feel like every time I saw I them, have that's my the, mistake. Uh, I have the box score here. If you want, we can pull it up and take a look. Okay, my mistake. I I really did think that they missed a lot. It seemed like they did, but anyway, I'm gonna go ahead and get this up on the screen here, and we can kind of adjust it. There we uh, go. Yeah, we'll have to enlarge it some. Okay, I can make it bigger. Hold on. Somehow. There we go. I mean, I mean, in. JJ had four blocks, but man, he how did he played the worst defense for anybody having four blocks in a game as I've ever seen? There we go. I can see it better now. So, <clears throat> rebounding wise, where's that stat? I can't. So rebounds, TR, total TR, rebounds, total rebounds. Yeah, forty-seven, thirty-three. Personal fouls were even, which should not have been. That's the thing. When you're in a more athletic team you should be creating more foul opportunities. Like those guys aren't like that team wasn't athletic at all. So how in the world are they getting the same amount of fouls as us drawing the same amount of fouls? I just, that that's unfathomable to me that you didn't use your athleticism to penetrate the lane. And, you know, usually a team that's not as athletic as another team overcompensates for that lack of athleticism. And they grab, they pull. And, and, and another point are making just as many fouls. Another point I want to make here, Kyle, because I mentioned the defensive effort. I know someone's going to read this and say, how can you say the defensive effort was bad? Kentucky Wesleyan shot, let's see here, where's the number? Uh, 36%. How many of those shots were just wide open that Kentucky they, Wesleyan was missing? Them. And not only that, they were missing them and then getting the offensive rebound to do it again. I remember a specific possession. It was kind of late in the game. Yeah, man. They it's, shot it's, like three threes on a, in one possession. And that's the thing. Like, the team we play, they couldn't shoot well. They weren't athletic. They didn't do anything on offense that was – they didn't they didn't reinvent the wheel, you know. The, the, everything they did was pretty cut and dry. That's what's that's the scariest part, man. I didn't see a single thing about that Kentucky Wesleyan team other than they just hung in there. They hung in there and then they started to believe. You could tell at the point that they started to believe they could win that game. And you could argue that that's about the time our guys quit believing if they ever really did, because I mean, they never came out with energy. Second game in a row where we've come out flat in our first two games. And, I mean, you talk about a new team 
a new culture, a new mentality. All of last year's players were a problem. They had too many behind-the-scenes things going on. And you come out your first two games when you think, like, here, here's what my thought process would be if I'm inspired by my coaching staff. I'm out to prove that they are not a 4-28 and staff. I'm, I'm out here pissed off, especially if I'm a returning player like a J.J. Trainer or a Brandon Huntley Hatfield or some of those guys. I am like, we, I am coming out like my feet are on fire, coming out there with a fire under my ass to, to prove a point. Like, I'm not letting last year happen, and I'm here to shut all the haters up. And they come out two games in a row, flat, flat, flat as a Coke, that sat outside on a hot, sunny day right after being in the fridge. Flat. I mean, flat, flat. And, I mean, I just I, there's no excuse for that. Because at the very least, if you lack talent, if your roster distribution isn't what it should be, which you could argue, you can bring the energy. We have no juice. Our staff has no energy. And, I mean – you just look at some of the things that went on in the offseason, like, you know, Nolan Smith going to interview for a G League job in August. A G and not a not a competitive G League. I don't want to hear that that was blown out of proportion or whatever. He interviewed for the job. He and it was not a high quality job. I looked at the G League coaches that he would be coaching against in his league. I don't know any of them except Andre Miller, and that's because he played for the Utah Utes, like 20 years ago. Ash, you probably remember him. Uh, that's the only reason I know him. So that 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 does not hold water. What do you think players think when they see their assistant coach interviewing that time of year? It might have even been September. I don't freaking remember. But you can't have that kind of stuff going on and then claim that everybody's in it together. We heard about how cohesive the roster was, how every single player was bought in. Let me tell you what I was hearing behind the scenes, that Trenton Flowers was never bought in. And I'm not saying that now in hindsight. The reason I didn't say that before, and I know it for a fact that he wasn't, but the reason I never said that before, could you imagine if I would have got on this podcast when we had Trenton Flowers and people were starting to have some optimism? And I said, guys, I'm hearing some rough stuff about Trenton Flowers. I'm hearing he doesn't participate in the group workouts. I'm hearing he does his own thing. I'm hearing his camp has gassed him up and he has quite the ego and he's not fitting in. Could you imagine if I would have said that back then? I would have been, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you can say I'm saying that in hindsight after he left and some stuff came out. That's fine. I mean, you, you don't have to believe me. It was out there. And I guess what I'm saying is some of these people, people think are haters. And I, this is a point I should have made much earlier in 35 minute mark. Some of the people that y'all think are haters, we're hearing things that are substantially concerning that we may not be able to say at the time. And so maybe we criticize some things and people think you're being overly critical, but maybe it's because you can't really say what's really going on sometimes. Just, just remember that. It's not always that you're trying to be a hater. This result tonight, although I'm upset about it, I can't say it's terribly surprising either, unfortunately. Well, in, in your guys' defense, you guys have been very, I mean, I'm not trying, I'm trying to say it in a, in a, in a way that doesn't sound negative because you guys, are, you guys have been off the wagon for a long time. 
but you guys have never been haters. No. Like there to me, there's a difference. There's somebody that just would have never give you know given the team a chance and would have never, never even even if they were doing well, would still be criticizing and hating. That's, if we yeah. if we won yeah. that forty tonight, a hater would have been pointing out every little mistake that was made. I mean, last and, exhibition and win, I tried to pull out all the positives. Yeah. I did have I some mean, concerns about the turnovers, but I actually focused solely on the positives. Like, I, I might have touched on the turnovers, but trying to find something, man. But that's the thing. You have to try to find it with the staff. You have to convince yourself. You have to talk yourself into getting on here. You have and to convince that things yourself. Are great. And, and I'm here to tell you that we're, not, we're no longer going to be trying to convince ourselves. We need to see it. There's no more trying to convince. Um, I'm not going to do it. For the remainder of my time on the show, I'm not going to do it. Uh, Kyle, I know you're not. It's time for that to stop um, because what we saw tonight was unacceptable. And another thing I want to bring up, kind of looking at this box score, we're going to move on to Kenny Payne's presser here in a little bit. But how about uh, points in the paint? <laughs> Kentucky Wesley in 26, little 22. They scored more in the paint than us. Same problem as last year. Look at second chance points, 18. To two. To two. That to that two. that's the game right there. <laughs> when you have when you have a seven footer on your team and another two? six ten guy, six nine, you have the your your size advantages. And they're out there together. Apparent. And they're and they're playing together. At some can't. point. It's unacceptable. It's um there's no excuse. There's no excuse. Do we want to move on to the presser now? or Yeah, let's move on to the presser. I think right. we, without hearing a presser, I'm going to try to be as open-minded about this as I can because you can't win a press conference after a loss like that. So I'm going to try not to be – I just hope I don't hear anything like we have the best staff in the country. I don't want to hear anything super stupid like that. Can you make that full screen? They did a great job. Uh, they came in here. They were more physical than us, obvious by the 47 to 33 rebounds. Um, we seemed to just ball watch, which we talked about, and they seemed to attack the ball. Um, we, at times, we looked like um, defensively we had it figured out. We just could not sustain it. Um, this game is hard. Winning is hard. It takes a commitment by every person that has a jersey and every coach. Um, I hope that we learn from this uh, because there's there's a look. I'm trying to get them to buy into something that's difficult. At times, it's something they've never had to do before. It's not easy. Could you please um, pause it? And I. He said that same shit last. Yeah, time. I'm, I'm, I'm so over the like, I don't even know what you call it. But like what he said, it's off like season. a therapist mentality. Like, but in the off season, it was that we didn't have that problem with this group. Yeah, it was last. It was the players last yeah. year. And he turns around and says that same exact. I mean, you can copy and you can cut and paste that and apply it to about 15 press conferences last year. Continue. I need them to learn fast. I need my freshmen to learn fast. I need my my veteran guys, JJ, Emmanuel, um, Brandon. You can't finish a game with two rebounds and one rebound. 
you can't. You can't. Not and have us have success as a team. Um, I want to pause real quick because I had to go look. He said Emmanuel, and I looked at the box score. Emmanuel Okorfor did not get into the game either. Yeah. So why is he? Why is he talking about him rebounding? I. What? I don't like know. go back. Play that again. Play? I want to could you could you rewind that? Like it was only like fifteen seconds. I don't. I just want to make sure. Is he JJ, saying that Emmanuel never had to do before? It's not easy. Okay. Um, and I need them to learn fast. I need my freshmen to learn fast. I need my my veteran guys, JJ, Emmanuel, um, Brandon. You can't finish a game with two rebounds and one rebound. You can't. How you gonna include a guy that didn't play? Not and have us have success as a team. <laughs> um, I need a man to get more rebounds the from the bench. <laughs> I mean, Hell, he could have got more rebounds from the bench than what those guys got playing. Turnovers for the game. Bless, first man. 10. We forced How does Emmanuel not play to- the rest of the game? They have four. What is that? Um, we settled that time for threes. It is hard to live and die by threes. I teach paint touches. I want the ball in the paint. I would love to have the ball in the paint multiple times because by getting it in the paint multiple times, the threes will come in rhythm. And not- I'm going to pause it right here too for a sec. I'm sorry. We're, I apologize for pausing and all that, but we're, we're going to have to dissect a lot of this. So well, Kenny I mean, was talking. No point, I mean, if we're not going to react, then there's no point us because I mean anybody can just look it up without reacting. Yeah. So I'm with. I mean, you. I, I mean, um, Kenny's talking about paint touches, and we, you know, me and Ash talked about it before we came on. I I think it is beyond frustrating to watch Brandon Huntley Hatfield, with his size, his athleticism and ability, to not just box out and and demand the ball in the paint. Mm-hmm. And I he and I'm watching him. I'm watching him getting pushed around by six two guards and and guys that are not even close to him in size. It's very saddening to watch that happen. Um, and and I don't think I saw Dennis either. Like it, we can't sit here and say that we preach paint touches, but your bigs are not aggressive enough and not confident enough to post up and demand the ball. Um, tonight I would have been feeding Huntley Hatfield and Dennis down low. Off early and often, and we just did not see it. So, uh, not just settled threes. Uh, if it's one pass and a shot, or a ball screen and a shot, you're not creating offense for your teammates, um, and the offense becomes stagnant. Um, which we saw some of that today as well. Uh, we tried hard at times, but again, no, um, <laughs> it's not good enough. It's not good enough. Hopefully we learn from this, all of us coaches, myself and players, um, because, you know, it's not acceptable to go out and the other team is more physical than you, plays harder than you, play tougher than you, as if you don't understand what this is. Questions? Uh, I don't want any softballs tonight. Kenny, was the the rebounding was that maybe the most disappointing because that is more kind of an effort thing? No question. Um, you know, for me, I watched eight to ten points, maybe more, where the shot was made by them, and our guys are watching, hoping the next guy got it, 
and they bum rushed the ball and put it in the basket. 18, not 10 to 12, 18 second chance points. And that's the thing, though, like our team showed no grit tonight. You, We needed a guy that would get in there and do the dirty work. Like you don't necessarily need some guy that's going to score a ton of points in, the, you know, in the four or the five spot down low. But we needed a guy that's like and I'm going way back. Sorry, guys. I know I do this from time to time. But like a guy like Damian Dantzler from the 97 team. That he he wasn't relied upon to score or anything, but he did dirty work and got us our rebound. Okay, do like the dirty work, get get the rebounds and get your team second chances. Stephen Van second chances. Yes, a Stephen Van Trees is a perfect example of what I'm talking about. And to your point, Ash, is that not what Emmanuel Okorafor's kind of role is, or how he kind of played? And he didn't touch the floor. Now, like I said, we we haven't gone all the way through. Maybe he explains it. You know, Okorafor and Karan had injuries that we don't know about. But if there's no, if there was nothing holding them out of this game for them to not touch the floor, I don't, I don't know. We'll continue though. We talk about how important it is to finish off possessions. We get them to miss, and well, I don't know their second chance points, how many they had, but whatever it was was too many. Uh, Kenny, when that happens, um, was there any thought to playing Dennis more in the second half? He got just five minutes, and then uh, Brandon had only eight, and then we didn't see um, Manny as well. Well, for me, I want to hear about that last one. They did the adjustment they made as they went sort of small. They went with their four man um, and played him at the five and put him on the perimeter, which sort of negates Dennis a little bit. Um, But um, again, between Brandon, JJ, Caleb, we should be able to handle whatever somebody throws at us. But you didn't. So where was Emmanuel Cora for? Dennis and Brandon played, I think, a combined 31 minutes and had two shots, both by Brandon. One of them was a run out on a, after a steal. Are they not posting up? Are guys not looking for them? What, why aren't they more uh, active in the offense? I just think we refuse to get paint touches. Um, at times, there's opportunities there, and they'll run, like, for example, if the five-man rebounds the ball, the four-man in transition should run and post up. We shouldn't have to run run offense it should be simple throw it down throw it ahead throw the ball to the post and we play off that um, when the ball goes up at a lot of the times tonight the shot goes up and I'm watching my four and five make no effort to fight to get the rebound um, I'm running post plays and we decide to come off and shoot it so um, attention to detail knowing the play knowing how to execute the play um, playing with energy, um, all those things was not up to par. Um, and, you know, a lot of it falls on me, but it also um, getting them to understand exactly what I want, um, when I want it, how I want it. When we executed, we got good shots. I'm not saying that they all the time went in, but we took, we got good shots. Uh Coach, just in regards to the perimeter offense, it seemed like the screening uh, wasn't really opening up guys to get easy looks. Um, is that something that needs to get better, or how can you get better looks from the perimeter? It seemed like a lot of contested jump shots out there. 
So, so it sort of goes with the question that Rick just asked. The bigs didn't touch the ball a lot. So what was happening was we were setting screens and the defenders going under the screen. We teach, force him to go over the screen. And okay, could you pause that? One I'm glad he's teaching him to go over the screen, or he says he is. So, he, I mean, but we talked about this all last year. That was something we talked about when we first started this pod at the end of, I think we did it for like the last basketball game. I said, you know, so we kind of had to recap everything we saw last year on that episode. And my big point was like, guys go under the screens all the time and give up these open shots. They don't go through the screen. And he talks about it, but this is, it's just the same shit, man. Like how well, long Kyle, is it going to take you to get these guys to figure that out, man? Kyle, like I, we've, and you heard him talk about with paint touches and, you know, he coaches them. I just keep hearing about how they're coaching their guys to do these things, but why are they not doing it? That's what I'm why, saying. Why are we watching these games and not seeing it? Bro, I mean, I get them? it. I get it. This is a new problem, or if this is your first year and it's the first five games, even though our last year's five games were extra disastrous. But if that was like one of your only problems, it'd be like, okay, it takes time. No, nah, man, like that should be your focus all offseason. If you still haven't gotten these guys to figure that out, it, it, it's just not going to happen, man. Like when you listen to Kenny talk, it's very clear that he, he, he's, advanced in the in the he has advanced like scheme techniques and and you know like how he's talking he understands basketball he can't get but, his guys to believe but why can't he put that on the court why can't he get his guys to do that why can't and why it, don't why can't the guy why do the guys not buy in is what you're basically right why, like, why will are they not buy in you that's tell us problem, that, that you coach this that's awesome but we're not seeing it you can your guys aren't you buying in. your guys aren't doing it i don't i don't understand and this is your team buddy because i yeah. mean everything last year was all the players fault from everything we've heard from those that were around the program and this the, every player on this team is his is his player now I'm sorry. Well, during are. the game, during the game, Kyle, I laughed because I saw that where we chased around the uh, the screen because I remembered you saying that last year on the uh, on the recap episode that you're talking about, and it made me laugh because both of the times that I saw early in the first half, you know, we chased around the screen, but the guy that was defending the screener didn't also make that step to the left to stop the ball from going all the way to the hoop. And so, like, the guy chases around the screen, but then the the ball handler then just drove right straight to the basket. I'm like, somebody's got to stop the ball at the same time. Like, that, that, that's, yeah, you're, you're trying to stop the, the the ball handler from just being able to step back and shoot it. Yeah, again, shot. you don't have to be a player. You don't have to be a former player in college basketball or an NBA Hall of Famer with his jersey retired and six rings to understand when you watch somebody go behind a screen and then yeah. the guy that's supposed to switch doesn't pick up the ball handler that they're not they're, they're not defending the pick and roll correctly. I'm sorry. Yeah, one not, of the times I can uh, distinctly it's not even a roll. It's just a screen up at the top of the yeah. key, and they don't defend that right either. Was Sky Clark, he was defending the ball handler who came off a screen whose man was uh, J.J., JJ didn't step to the left to stop the ball. So Sky chases around the screen, but then that left a direct path to the hoop for the guy that Sky was guarding. 
uh, with the ball. And I was like, JJ, you got to stop the ball on the screen there. JJ's like, been playing college basketball for four years. At this point, it's it's not. It's how do you do that? Our biggest problem is definitely the inside interior. And it's the same thing as last year. And you cannot convince me that a quarter four doesn't give. Like, what is he hurt? Is he hurt? Did, did he did he piss off the staff? We're halfway through this and we've heard nothing about injuries. So what happened? Because like unless it's something like that, I don't understand. Like he, he look, Emmanuel Corfour is not a guy who's gonna give you a whole lot of offensive production. But unfortunately, neither did those other guys. So at the very least, he's gonna scrap and fight. I know that much about the guy. Well, and here's the thing. And you We're brought him in mid season last play. year for that reason. You brought him in mid-season. And the thing of it is, a lot of times when Patino teams were disappointing in exhibition games, because he was just throwing shit out there to see what would happen with those lineups and stuff. But if you're Kenny Payne, you don't have that luxury in this season. You have to make sure you win the damn game first and get that game into a comfortable margin before you start experimenting with stuff. So if these guys didn't play because he was experimenting with other lineups, that's on him. You can't lose the you can't lose an exhibition game when you're this when you have this little faith from your fan base. All right, let's let's get, let's get to this. For a few times we did it. For example, there was a play where we we set a screen and then and we rescreened and Tyler got down the lane, drove down the lane, made a bounce pass to JJ. JJ dunked the ball. We have to force people to chase over the top because by going under, it's not especially when you're missing jump shots, you're playing into their hand. We have to do a better job of screening. Coach, uh, there, it's pretty obvious there's a disconnect. So where's the disconnect at, and where do you guys go from here? The disconnect is understanding fully how hard that you got to practice, how hard you got to play, how desperate you have to be defensively, um, the disconnect oh, is other teams are good. Um, I knew going into this game that this was going to be a tough game. We needed it to be a no tough way, game bro. Um, because we need to know exactly um, how hard we got to play against good talent. So you got I, – I, I, it's, it's beyond – Against St. Louis. It's beyond um, reproach, man. There's a reason. You're <laughs> – pretty good team this man just uh, said that he knew kentucky wesleyan was going to be a tough game understand what the coaches i don't put anything into that because coaches he was right i think that's silly but but the bigger problem i have is um we we have we're teaching these guys and they're hopefully they're learning what it takes like that they have to play hard my goodness like that that should be a mentality and that should be the guys that you're recruiting. That should be the guys you're going after. Like I said, and I've said it time and again, you said this was your team and that they were bought in and that we were going to see a much better team, a much better product, and that these guys were bought in. And I'm sorry, I'm not seeing that. And you're talking about now, you're talking about both sides of your mouth because you're saying that, and then you're telling me they have to learn how to play hard. I mean, really, they should probably already know how to play hard. But again, mm -hmm. there's just no like. It comes across to me as a low energy coaching staff, and I don't mean like I said. I don't mean that disrespectfully. I don't see the juice. I don't see the energy. I don't see it in this press conference. I don't. I haven't seen it ever. I've just seen 
I've seen none of that from any of them, from Kenny or any of the staff. I've they never did, seen high did. energy. And it's like, yeah. how in the world yeah. are you are your players team. supposed to learn that with, with the demeanor of the program, with the lack of fan engagement? There's no spirit. There's no spirit in this basketball program that is a very spirited tradition. We have no spirit. Like we go out there and we just go through the motions. But all of a sudden, these players who, by the way, most of them transferred in and they have no affiliation before this offseason with this program. They come into an apathetic fan base and off of a four and 28 season. And you guys, and, and I mean, and they're supposed to just what? Like they're supposed to learn that on their own, how to have that spirit. It comes from you guys. Like there's no spirit in that locker room from the staff. And the situation, our program isn't good. If you can't invigorate these guys after th- this amount of time, that's on you, man. That I mean, I don't, th- and I don't see it changing. I mean, that's something that I guess you kind of, you just kind of expected, like when we hired Kenny, that he would, he would understand, right? It's what we've talked about with Jeff Brom. Like he just gets it. He played here. He understands. He knows the fans and what they expect and the energy. And, you know, you when you watch Jeff's team this year, you see it on the field. And we don't see that from Kenny's team. And, and I that's really disappointing because I've, I've just kind of thought that Kenny would understand that. I think he does understand it, but for whatever reason, he can't get that out of his own guys. He can't he can't parlay that into a performance on the court. I, I don't I don't understand it. Well, and every successful soft spoken type coach I've ever seen has a, a guy on his uh, an assistant on his bench, usually as number two. Right. That is very fiery yeah. and feel like the bad cop, basically, is what That's I'm trying it. to say. That's it. That's but kind of what I was looking for. Like that at all. We didn't have to make any changes. We had the best staff in the freaking country. That's what he said. And, and I mean, we doesn't mean it. And we have two extra positions open. All we do is promote guys up lazily from within. And I'm not saying those guys couldn't be good coaches one day. But when you're coming off 4-28 and, and you get an opportunity to add two staff members, you go out there, you bust your ass, and you find two guys that have some freaking heart. And that's what we need. We need two guys from the outside. Because what we have on the inside, it ain't working. So we needed to bring two guys in. And one of the problems may be that we were so bad last year that no coach was willing to do it. And if that's the case, well, then I don't know. You're just screwed. It's good talent. Um, you know, that team played well against St. Louis. Um, they lost by 10. They're a pretty good team. Uh, and they've been together and they play hard and they understand what the coach is asking them to do. We are learning about ourselves. We don't have a ton of experience, mm-hmm. but we do have experience. But the disconnect is, again, how hard Mm-mm. are you really going to beat teams with your talent or are you going to beat teams with the work ethic, with the toughness, with the fight? We can't beat teams with talent. We're never going to be the most talented team, but we can beat them with fight. We're never going to be the most talented the team or beat. Starting which neither makes sense, like, by the way. You know, I, it, was, it was a slow start for everybody, but um, what about I was told he brought in a ton of talent. Seeing them uh, working on the court together, did you like and not like? Um, I thought they were okay together. I thought defensively they, they were talking at times, especially in the first half. I thought we were really good defensively um, in, in spurts in the first half. 
Um, I thought we got a little laxed or we understood how our bodies or our minds just sort of like, okay, let's hope. Let's not impose. Let's hope. Let's hope they miss shot. Let's hope we get a steal. Let's hope that me just gambling on the ball, I can get the steal. You can't, you have to be disciplined. You're playing good basketball players. Um, and then, you know, for Trey, I love Trey White. And Trey White is going to be a great player. Um, I love Scott Clark. He's going to be a great player. Um, but they are still learning about themselves. And this isn't the finished product. This is a work in process. Kenny and talking to the guys, whether it be at the ACC tip-off or on media day, you know, they were pretty confident about changing their identity. And part of that was the intensity and stuff. Um, curious, what was their reaction after this loss in the locker room? Did, did they feel, you know, or what's their emotional feelings coming after a loss where they probably felt confident going in? I think they feel down. Um, I think they, they're learning, you know, they're oh, learning that. Man. You have I'm to of hearing that hard. phrase. You have to understand that other teams and other players, regardless of what Division Two, Division One, they can play. Other guys can play. Um, they are understanding about concepts. They're understanding about basketball offensively. You're understanding about they're learning on the fly what it means to have four dudes on the same page and then one dude not react to it. Go Georgia Tech. Or Dennis lets a guy beat him off a ball screen baseline. The guard gets around him. They get a corner three at a critical time. Little things mean a lot. Um, and I think they're learning on the fly. They're learning that, yeah, we're a good shooting team. We're much better than we shot today, tonight. We are. I know that. But I also know if you live by the three and you live by jump shots, and you don't scream for each other and the ball isn't moving, it's, you're going to have moments where the ball's not going in the hole and then the other team gets confidence. Uh, Coach, just in terms of your defense, is there any specific defensive metric or def defensive goal that you give the team that you kind of monitor or have the guys really look to try to force on that side of the ball? You know, I've, I've always talked about kills, which is three stops in a row. Um, the goal is to get eight or nine um different kills um if you can do that you're consistently a pretty good defensive team Again, okay it's good to hear you have some concrete goals that type of team mm -hmm. it's been a big thing i've been big on skeptical locked in. So i'll give you that you man. gotta help each other you gotta really help each other you if one person lets down somebody else is picking him up the next person lets down somebody else is picking him up meaning that he makes up for his mistake i thought there were times when you know, Sky got beat off the drive and the guy went right down the lane and laid it up. Unacceptable. Unacceptable one by Sky not to keep the ball in front. Unacceptable and Tyler. Unacceptable by nobody coming over to help. Unacceptable by they missed the shot and then they get a rebound and stick it back in. Unacceptable. All right. That is, that is it. That is it. We uh, somehow made it through. Kenny Payne's press conference. Yeah, the, the whole the whole energy thing and teaching them that they have to, you know, work hard to win. Like I, I'm not hearing that crap in year two. Mm -mm. Nope. No, uh, uh. That was what the whole off season was for. And the the only positive to take out tonight is that this game doesn't count. 
that's that's I, it. I can't even take a positive. Like, the, the well, I mean, the, this just doesn't go against the win loss record. Like, when you look at the, that's all I'm saying. Like, an overall, you know, program, we technically it was like it was a glorified scrimmage. And that's it. That's the only positive, and it's not a very good one. <laughs> that's, that's the only one. Uh, I see Drake May has made his way into the comments, and Drake says that UNC is still going to the ACC title game. Switching gears a little bit to football for a sec, Drake, I, I hate to tell you, but you are not going to the ACC title game. Um, and not unless it's not happening. So good luck with that. Anyways, back yeah, to basketball. It's either going to be us or Duke, I think. Yeah, uh, Drake, it's not happening, brother. Um, you have to get by Georgia Tech to do that. So good luck. Well, you got still got Clemson, NC State, and uh, somebody else that's pretty good. I, I, I can't remember who though. <laughs> they got three. They got three tough I mean, games. They can't, they can't get by the bad teams at this point, so that doesn't. You know, you yeah. had you had your chance. You blew it. But thank you because we'll 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 take advantage of it. So yeah, I'm not missing Jalen. I do miss LL. So I'll give you that. Drake, Matt, if you went out, you're not in. Drake, yeah. We, uh, we got to lose. Brother, you need to take a look at the standings. Chief. I was in Virginia Tech or in second place. If you went out, you are not in as of right now. That doesn't – no, that's not how that works. Anyway, um, let's take the basketball. Um, I think, like, the biggest takeaway tonight is that our interior offense and defense at the four and the five spot is still abysmal. Now I knew I knew uh, Dennis Evans was going to take some time. I knew Dennis Evans was going to take some time, but I I didn't you know I didn't think collectively as a unit. Like I was hoping Brandon Huntley Hatfield took a step up. He clearly has not, so that's pretty daggone frustrating, to say the least. And I just I don't I don't know I don't understand against these kind of teams. How in the world are we supposed to even compete with a team like Texas or Indiana or UConn or UK and even North Carolina, even though this dude here is delusional if he thinks they're going to championship football game and Duke and all those teams. Like how in the world are we going to compete with them? Much I mean, UNBC, how are we going to compete with them? Well, Kyle, if, all off we can't compete with Kentucky Wesleyan down low. Like when we talked in the offseason, we, you know, tried to talk about recruiting and roster management. What's the one thing that I said all offseason long? And I don't know that many agree with me, but I said it. We needed to go get a legitimate, experienced veteran center out of the portal. They did not do that. You know what um, we did? We went to Africa. Uh -huh. The key, the biggest week of – this is something that gets overlooked. The biggest week of the transfer portal being open, the biggest one, the, the prime time to get in there and land a guy. Kenny Payne went to – was a Sudan? He went somewhere. He went somewhere in, in Africa. Looked at a few guys, looked at Churchill Boss and I guess a couple other dudes. Came back empty-handed. Guess he had to go on a trip. Guess he needed to explore and wasted, the wasted world. what two weeks that he could have been recruiting in the portal. Um, I don't know they, if he's gone two weeks, but he was gone in the key. Was, I know it was, it was a good prime week or week. two that he could have been using recruiting the portal. And I said it all off season. I think this team desperately needs a veteran, top tier, legitimate center to come in and play right away. That way you can let Dennis kind of grow 
into this role and kind of not have to put too much on him right now. But as it stands right now, I don't see Dennis is going to have to learn quick because Brandley, Brandon Huntley Hatfield has not taken, as, as far as I'm concerned, it really looks like he's regressed. And I didn't even think that was possible. Um, tonight, he was non existent the entire night. Um, and I think that's going to be a major problem for Louisville going forward. They don't have anybody from the five spot that can give them anything on offense. Dennis, the only thing he has right now is just around the rim, just, you know, laying it in, dunking it. And Huntley Hatfield has no motor, no aggressiveness. I, I just, he's just a listless 6'10 body just running down the floor. It's like he's just getting cardio. I, I'm going to call him cardio for here on out because he just, there's and the guy, the guy with the biggest motor out of all of them, he's a quarter four and second. he doesn't play. Didn't get a single second. And I mean, if he's hurt, he's hurt. But I, we have not heard that. Nobody's heard of that. And if he did something that warranted not putting him out there, then then so be it. But we haven't heard that either. As far as we know, he's just flat out not going to play over these guys. And playing Brandon Huntley Hatfield as many minutes as he did, and not putting a quarter four out there at all. When at the very damn least he could get rebounds, I don't expect him to light the world on fire, but I don't know. And then, yeah, the whole thing, not going, looking at Churchill boss, deciding you don't want him, coming back, getting nothing. I don't Brandon, know. Brandon Huntley Hatfield in 16 minutes tonight had two points and one rebound. And it's just a typical night. It's a typical night for him. <laughs> Two points, one rebound against Kentucky Wesleyan. You're telling me Core Four could get more than one rebound in that amount of unacceptable. time? Unacceptable. It's unacceptable. Unacceptable. Corey Bryant, where are the three star Russ Smith types? I mean, we all of them, just about all of them anymore out of high school are starting to head that way. I mean, we did we saved the 2023 class high school wise. I'll give that. But I mean, I'm looking ahead. I'm not seeing where we're getting any – I mean, I guess you could turn it around at the end. But, again, my bigger problem is is the portal. We're not we're not utilizing it well. We did land two decent guys. You know, we landed two good, solid players in Sky Clark and Trey White. We needed to land five or six. We landed two. And the year before that, we barely even freaking used it. Corey, those guys you're talking about, the guys that you know are overlooked and have that fight and hunger, they're they're in the portal, man. They're the guys that are getting overlooked. They're going to smaller schools and and they're they're making a name for themselves. And then you know, in a few years, they transfer up, and you see them on you know uh, teams like Miami that's going to the Final Four and you know and stuff like that. Nigel Pack was never really highly recruited, and look at him now. Um, that's where it comes from. And I I said off season I didn't I was not a huge fan of how we recruited the portal. I thought there were a few things here and there. I liked Sky, I liked Trey, Trey White, but um like it, okay, we can even go any further. Like Danilo tonight finally made his way onto the court in six minutes. He did absolutely nothing but nothing. get a turnover. A turnover. He's not on ready scholarship. for that type of, of action. And that was the answer. We pass on guys like when we need a guard like Davion McKnight, we pass on him, try to go after Keon Minifield, who ended up being academically ineligible anyway for Arkansas, but we didn't even land the guy. 
and we could definitely have used him. And I think if as long as we pitch and actually try and go out of our way to get the guy, he's 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 in a card uniform right now. And then you look at the amount of centers that we probably should have went to bat for. We either whiffed on the guys or we just flat out didn't go after them. I'm, you know, either way, it didn't work out. And I just I don't understand in this era how our roster is this imbalanced. Even with we, it's more talented than last year. But as you can see, as you can see, and that was the kind of skepticism. That's what some of us said. You still have the same coaching staff because you did nothing to change it. So what's going to change? And based on everything I've heard from inside the program, from inside the program, is the main thing that needed to change was the roster and everything else was fine. The way we were doing everything and carrying out things, as far as practices, as far as workouts, as far as, you know, strategy, as far as recruiting, everything's great. We just needed the right guys. It's not over. Season hasn't even technically started. But I'll be damned if tonight gave anybody that had some skepticism hope because it sure in the hell did not. And that's the point. So with that being said, guys, do you guys have anything else? Because I think I'm done. Um, One thing I do have, I will say, I will add one positive thing out of these exhibition games. Tyler Johnson tonight was in foul trouble most of the night and didn't get a chance to really play a ton. But I like the way he carries himself on the court. His athleticism is very good. The way he initiates offense and the things that he does, I do see a potential star with Tyler Johnson. So I I want to see him in these next few games, A, not get in foul trouble, B, be on the floor with Sky at the same time for long stretches of time, and I think that those two things will enable him to be a really impact player for us. And I think that him and Sky in the backcourt could win a lot of games for us over the course of the season. I think that those two as a combination could really be something that really uh, affects other teams. And that's basically our path to one of our paths to victory. That and Dennis blocking shots down low. But we need a glue, we need a we need somebody that's gonna add that grit and, and you know garbage pail guy down low. The only guy that I can really there's two guys that I really think could be that guy, like Huntley Hatfield could be. Problem I have with Huntley Hatfield is there's times where he's a black hole when he gets the ball and just will not pass the ball. I don't think he has a dog. He in he doesn't have yeah. any dog in a man. He's just it's not yeah, it's not possible. I'm trying to find one guy to say because um, Dennis Evans isn't strong enough to be that guy. I think it's a core. Maybe Mike James. What about core? Maybe Mike James, but he's undersized. What about Manuel Corfor, the guy who didn't even get clocked? That's, well, that's we the guy you're enough. looking for. We haven't seen enough for him. He didn't play very many minutes in the Simmons game either. Well, I'd like you see. That's what I, if I'm a if I'm a reporter, that's the first thing I notice. Yeah, I'm, asking, I I'm like, what's playing? going on? I, which I I think one of the guys kind of touched on the press conference. I'm like, what's going on with the core for? Because he's really good. He, he's shown, you know, you brought him in in the middle of last year from overseas to be this lunch pail guy, and who had the dog mentality to get rebounds, and he showed that at times when he came in. He was very raw. 
didn't have a whole lot of offensive prowess. But, like, you brought up Damian Dantzler, and, I mean, that's a good example of a guy who had no offensive game except putbacks. And, you know, Stephen Van Trees to be for the newer generations, that's a guy who, you know, Stephen Van Trees wasn't an offensive juggernaut. He was out there to bulldoze people. He had five fouls to give and get rebounds, box out, and create second-chance opportunities. That's what he did. You, you, I would like a guy to ask, like, what's going on with Emmanuel Corfor? Didn't you bring him in here to, 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 you know, reinvigorate? I remember him saying that he brought him in because, you know, this team needed to see some of that. Mm-hmm. What happened? Did he, at some point, you started to kind of wonder, too, is he now kind of taking a step back? And now is his energy level not what it used to be? Because it just feels like there's this black hole or this, like, dense energy around that program, and as soon as you start teeter-totter towards it and become a part of it, it engulfs you. And and, and at some point, you gotta, you got to be the coach and the staff that, that re, re-inspires this fan base because yeah. it's, it's, it's ugly right now. But it's there's one thing there. we can cling to. I think that our, a backcourt of Sky and Ty Lar could be that one thing that we can cling to and say these are these are our keys to being a problem for other teams. Trey White's got to step up, man. Yeah, he's but he's always been a volume scorer. He's never been a high percentage shooter. So that those kind of guys scare me because then you're only as good as if they're on if if they're making shots. And so uh, we were told he's about which has been two games. Maybe he can turn it around. But we were told he was yeah, a better player career, on the team. The twenty six percent shooter and. That just scares me, man. Well, and and like you said, Ash, we we when we had our Trey White episode, whenever he committed, we played his. I remember specifically we played that little highlight tape, and it it went over some analytics and stuff. He was not a good shooter off the dribble. Like all those, like the the efficiency was not there. Like you could see his ability, his physical talent, and what he's capable of. But in terms of putting it in performance-wise, like his stats and his efficiency is just not there. It's just right. not. If he could be the third option, I think that'd be a good third option. But I, I don't want ever want to get to a point where we're relying on him to be our first guy to score. Then, then, then it's got to be Sky Clark. Yeah. And, I mean, now you're talking about a guy who played a half season of college basketball and he's, he struggled with injuries. And, I mean, he has potential. Don't get me wrong, but – we didn't go out there and get ourselves a dude that just could take over a game. That's a problem. But anyway, we'll see what happens. We want to get on here tonight. I mean, I, I, when I say wanted, I don't mean because we were happy about it. I yeah. mean, we want to share our, you know, we knew a lot of people beyond tonight, you know, wanting to kind of talk about it and just work through it. Cause my God, it, it's just, it's just one thing after another. <laughs> Sometimes you just got to get it out, but you want to do it in a way that's not, you know, being taking shots or anything, but but you know there is frustration to be had, and you, you have to admit that. So there's a I time to vent, and we're venting. Yeah, there's yeah. nothing wrong with venting as it long as you're healthy. Yeah, as long as you do it in a healthy way. And again, everything we're saying is basketball related. We have a whole season to play. That's the positive. That being said, if this is first, your first time joining in with us tonight, if you like what you hear, please like the the video because it helps the algorithm. Please subscribe that way, you know, and turn on those notifications. That way, you know, we come on every Wednesday at nine, regardless. Now, I don't know if we're going to switch that up a little bit in basketball season. This is our first year doing this podcast. So we need to talk about that at some point. 
But uh, we'll be back Wednesday at 9. We're going to talk about the big game this weekend. Obviously, this is the biggest game of Louisville football season, bigger than Notre Dame because it's a conference game. Us and Virginia Tech battled out for second place. So we'll talk about that more Wednesday, but I just wanted to end with that. And I thank you all for joining. Again, like and subscribe. Thank you all for joining Third Banner Pod. Hopefully we see some improvement next time. Go Cards. Go Cards. Go Cards.